Hey folks, this is Kai, and you're listening to Queer Drunk Squad, where we apply a queer lens to sobriety. Another thing I wanted to mention is stats. Oh, stats. So, uh, one thing that I think... Oh, that's what this piece of paper is. Oh, it's high each, I mean, I got li- like research. literally, Kai <laughs> is the most organized person I've ever met. I mean, especially compared to myself, like, he has everything highlighted right now. He has a colorful, like, colored printed, like, (laughs) sheet here on uh, evidence belief. Inform your patient. This is from the Rainbow Health uh, Ontario. It's uh, evidence brief on LGBT people, drug use, and harm reduction. So it's just a compilation of some stats. So we'll provide a link uh, just because I think it's really interesting because sometimes it's like, you know, how many LGBT people, you know, suffer from alcoholism or addiction? Um, You know, what are the issues? It's pretty high, too. It is. Isn't it? it? And that's what, I mean, there's there's not as much widespread uh, stats or research done, but when they're um, LGBT-specific studies done, uh, we can see that the the rates are quite high. And uh, one thing that I found really interesting is that LGBT, folks start earlier with mm. drinking uh, you know we can very easily understand why that is uh, yeah right? totally you know things start from very early ages early ages and and needing some way to deal with them right yeah. Yeah. ooh this is gonna be really interesting folks so yeah um, yeah so the stats that's right. Uh, and then, so, you know, just kind of uh, as a, a coping mechanism for uh, stigma and exclusion and, you know, various mm. mental health issues that we deal with, isolation, discrimination, alienation, uh, and that we need a way for, to escape those. And some of us, you know, like myself earlier years when I was drinking, uh, you know, reached for that solution yep. at that time. Uh, another thing is that we lack non-bar spaces that are LGBT specific. Mm. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like that. Our go-to is bars and clubs yeah. for us to get together uh, yeah. and be, to, you know, be. And so that often drives higher rates of, mm. of substance use. Uh, there's also, you know, the history of criminalization, especially in the past. Yeah. Right. So a lot of, uh, you know, older generation LGBT folks. Uh, have had to, you know, kind of like fly under the radar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's kind of higher rates uh, dealing with that and coping with stigma and trauma and so forth. Uh, yeah, it's just a huge thing. Uh, another thing that the stats reveal is that, you know, when we're just comparing LGBT amongst ourselves, there are higher rates among lesbians and bisexual oh. women, which I thought was really interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, so there's there's something going on there yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, creates that additional challenge. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I'm summarizing off We the need to have a lesbian woman on the show. Bingo. Please, if you're listening <laughs> and would like to be a part of this, <laughs> message us, email us, DM us. <laughs> yeah, in some cases, it's double the rate. Like wow. if we're looking at binge drinking, yeah. for example, it's sometimes double the rate than say, Interesting. gay or bisexual men. Wow. And of course, that's just based on the binary. They don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Stats for, right. for non-binary. Right. Yeah. So it might be different uh, if we were comparing in that way. Um 
But in any case, there's just tons of really good information, and, and we'll link that. There, there's a lot of um, you know elements to this disease for mm -hmm. us specifically that are unique to this population, yeah. essentially. Another really interesting stat that I think is very hopeful uh, is, say, for example, for trans-specific, uh, if we're looking particularly at trans folks, we're earlier to come to recovery. Wow. And I don't know why that is, and I'm kind of curious about why that might be. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you have your ideas and theories, please submit them. Um, oh. QueerDrunkSquad at gmail.com. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, a lot going on, and I think this is where, this is the space in which we can start mm -hmm. to unpack some of that. And I'm not saying we're going to solve all things here, but essentially just curious that there's stats that tell us a pretty grim story, some pretty cool stats yeah. uh, in terms of hope, um, but uh, there's there's a lot there. So what? Uh, yeah, can you read the? Um, so it's uh, Rainbow Health Ontario, and it's LGBT, LGBTQ people, drug use, and harm reduction. It's an evidence brief. Uh, we'll provide that link. I also have some other additional um, stats that are over, and I can't reach them. Oh, okay. I'll <laughs> get up and grab them for you. Thank you. There you go. And this is from the National Institute on Drug Abuse, which is actually out in, uh, from the U.S. So sometimes we don't have enough data in Canada on mm. LGBTQ issues, and we have to go to the States to get <laughs> proxy data. Thank you, the U.S. Yeah. Um, but basically, they that a lot of it is echoed from the uh, Rainbow Health. Uh, but basically, there's hi much higher rates of, of substance use compared to our cis and heterosexual counterparts. We start earlier. Bisexual folks are particularly likely to um, have substance abuse issues. Um, and we enter uh, treatment with more severe substance use. So